Hello and welcome to Sports Mole's Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to discuss our Game Week 7 predictions for the Premier League season. Uh, game Week 6 was as unpredictable as the rest of the season has been, but in the end, I managed to claw back two points. There's now eight points between us in the overall prediction competition. But let's get straight into um, Game Week 7, and we start tonight with a game between Wolves and Crystal Palace. How do you see that one going, Matt? Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? To start us off, obviously, two teams that have... You know, I had stages of the season. I think they play quite well. Obviously, sitting eighth and ninth in the table. It's, I mean, I always say that it's difficult to look at the table at this stage, isn't it? But mm. it's obviously both teams have had, you know, little stages. 3-1-2 in terms of, you know, their, their records this season. Three wins, one draw, two defeats, which for Palace is pretty good. For Wolves, they're a funny, they've been a funny team, haven't they, early on? Some, some mm. poor results, some pretty good ones. Um, I think, I mean, I, look, I was looking through the injuries uh, for the whole Premier League earlier and... You know, Wolves, Wolves are in really good shape at the moment. You know, look at a lot of the clubs. Obviously, Palace have had loads and loads of problems. I think, you know, obviously, they're going to have some key players back for this game. You know, notably Cahill, you know, McCarthy might come back in. Got a little bit of a doubt about Mitchell at left-back. But, but or AU's back as well, obviously, obviously after coronavirus. So, yeah. Palace are getting some players back. Wolves, obviously, only Johnny Otto. And they've got loads and loads of choices, haven't they, going forward? Obviously, Jimenez, Podence up there. Neto, Adam Atore is not really getting starts at the moment. Yeah. So much we've spoken about him at the moment, but obviously quality in midfield. It's, gonna, it's an interesting game, you know, to start us off the th- Friday night game. You know, you say under the lights of all the fans, obviously the fans aren't there, but still, there's still something special about night games. You know, there's a little bit different atmosphere with the players. Um, yeah, fancy Wolves here. I think Palace, you know, they've been pretty good this season. You know, obviously Old Trafford was the one that sticks out. A Chelsea pretty poor, but um, big win last time out. So, uh, yeah, ju- just Wolves here, 2-1. Yeah, I've also gone Wolves by one goal. I've gone 1-0. I think Wolves, their, their attacking threat seems to have gone a bit. You mentioned those mm. attacking players they've got, and they've obviously got some really good players up there. Jimenez um, is you know, one of the best strikers in the Premier League, and Adama Chayoye, you mentioned, is unstoppable on his day, but mm. isn't really starting matches at the mm. moment. So but they've, I think they're only the bottom three have scored fewer goals than them this season, and they've only got three in the last four games. So their attacking threat has dried up a bit, but I see them having enough to win this game 1-0. I think Crystal Palace, they'll certainly be happier, you know, both on 10 points. Crystal Palace actually above Wolves on goal difference at the moment. But I think Crystal Palace will certainly be happier with their start of the season, as you mentioned, the Wolves will. Um, but they're two teams who pretty much encapsulate the unpredictable nature of the season so far. I think Wolves have had some good results and then had some really bad results. You know, 4-0 against West Ham stands out as the really bad result. And Crystal yeah. Palace, sort of similar. They've had some good results and some bad results so far. So it's an interesting game. Um the, the way the season's going it, it, it's an unpredictable game but yeah I'm also going for a Wolves win 1-0 in that one uh, kicking off Saturday's action is Sheffield United versus Manchester City Sheffield United still one of the winless teams left in the left in the league this season they really need a victory one point from their opening six games um, and you know we've we mentioned second season syndrome pretty early on but they're, they're not doing anything to really dispel that at the moment um, Van Liverpool quite close last time out but obviously this as hard a doubleheader as it gets in the Premier League, isn't it? Liverpool, then Man City. Uh, Man City, great Champions League win in midweek, wasn't it, against um, Marseille? They'll be favourites going into this one, but they've been very patchy in the Premier League, really, so far. How do you see this one going? Yeah, you mean patchy, patchy probably at best, isn't it? Obviously, 13th mm. in the table at this stage. Um, obviously, injuries in the final third. You know, it looks like, you know, will Sterling start through the middle? The, the West Ham game, obviously, Aguero started, didn't he? Came off, Foden came on. Uh, Sterling sort of went through the middle and you know will it be Mares Sterling um, Foden as a front three obviously Bernardo Silva's not quite hit the heights as he is he's such a good player but he's not really mm. 
you know, been in there at the moment. Obviously, uh, apart from that, obviously, Laporte came back, didn't he, in the Champions League. It could possibly be him and Diaz at the back. They're, they're quite strong at the back at the moment, City. I think they're, they've, they've, they're playing a lot better in there than they have earlier on in the season. I think Diaz has helped them a lot. I think he's been a good signing back there. But, but yeah, going forward, you still would expect that they'd had not have enough to win this game. I think Sheffield United, you know... <laughs> It's, it's bit, I think last season I picked Chris, uh, Chris Wilder as the manager of the year, and uh, it's because I think if the lockdown period didn't happen, I, I think they'd have finished top six. Sheffield United, you know, they mm. were challenging, weren't they, for top four before that period, and that hurt them so bad. I mean, there were so many different facets to why that happened. You know, the five sub rule, you know, quality of the other teams got a lot better after the lockdown mm. period, and obviously finished ninth. I still think they had a great season, but yeah, one point from six games, played pretty well at Arsenal, played quite well against Liverpool, but. You just look at their team. You look at their team last season, you wonder where the goals and quality would come from. Obviously, John Lundstrom, the situation surrounding him is not ideal. He doesn't want to sign a new contract. So, will he come out and team for this game? You know, he's such a good player, but, but clearly he doesn't want to stay there. So, uh, yeah, I think City need to win. Obviously, Guardiola, doubt around his future, you know, how they're going to finish in the league this season. But, yeah, two good wins in the Champions League and um, we'll be keen to get back to winning ways after the West Ham game. So, I'll go on 2-0 City. Yeah, I, I was close to going to nil City just because I, I went. I went the same Liverpool last um, week against Sheffield United too. Now Sheffield United don't often get beaten by big score lines, do they? Um, and as we say, Man City have not been that impressive so far in the Premier League. One uh, one uh, all against West Ham last time out. So it was an interesting one. But I don't. I, I think I've got a feeling about Man City. I think they could score a few goals here. I've gone for three 0 Man City. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sheffield United make it a bit tougher, but they've only scored three goals so far this season. It's the joint worst attacking record in the league. Um, so I can't really see them causing Man City's, as you say, improved defence, too many problems. So yeah, I've gone for Man City 3-0 in that one. Um, also on Saturday is Burnley versus Chelsea. Burnley, another one of those teams. There's three teams on one point um, from their opening game so far. Burnley do have a game in hand over the, those teams around them, um, having had their delayed start to the season. Chelsea, another one of these clubs who have had a very mixed start to the season. A lot of the top, the, the big six, as they're so-called, um, have had these mixed starts to the season. Chelsea, certainly one of them. Um, a nil-nil draw against Man United last time out in the Premier League, which wasn't exactly a thriller, but Chelsea probably would be the happier of the two teams to get that. Another clean sheet under their belt and another clean sheet in midweek as well in Russia. A big win over FC Krasnodar. So they'll be coming into it in in more confident mood, I think. Certainly defensively, those those were the big question marks over them. There was nothing wrong with their attacking instinct. I think they've just got to get that balance back of you know threatening as much as they were in attack but keeping things tighter at the back. And they haven't quite got that balance. They came close to it, obviously, in midweek. They took a step towards it by scoring four and conceding zero. Um, but it'll be a big test to them against Burnley. Burnley, another one of those teams who don't often get beaten by much. But I think we've a few times mentioned we group them in the same category, sort of as Sheffield United, don't we, this season, in that they had a great season last season. But we wouldn't expect them to do as well this time around and maybe be involved in a relegation battle. They need a win on the board. But it's hard to see them getting it against Chelsea, to be honest. I've gone for a narrow one, but I've gone for 1-0 Chelsea in this match. Oh, yeah. We've gone, we've gone different again. Slightly the same thinking. I've gone 2-1, 2-1 Chelsea in the end. I just think, you know, Chelsea are an interesting one. Obviously, Lampard has been, you know, so keen to to tighten up that defence, isn't he? They shipped loads and loads of goals. The Sevilla mm-hmm. game was... Sevilla game was a strange one. You know, both the teams had lots of the ball. The United one was... I suppose on another day, if that penalty uh, with Azpilicueta and Maguire, if that's given, that they win that one 0 potentially. But saying that, United did have did have chances themselves, and um, not a bad result. I don't think for both sides, to be honest, for either side. Obviously, Krasnodar, with respect, 
they're going to get beaten probably in their going to group by you know m- m- probably all the teams. So I, I don't think you read too much into that. Four goals away from home in Europe is pretty good, but you know they're not coming up against you know a fantastic side. So it's interesting to get that balance right in the Premier League between going forward and and being tight at the back. Obviously, you've got a lot of good players, but I still think Lampard is still finding you know ways to play. I think it's it's a very interesting period of the season. I think for Chelsea, obviously the November international break kicks in, doesn't it? There's loads of Champions League mm-hmm. games at the moment. They've got such a big squad, but obviously getting to most of their players back now and and options all over the park. So it will be very, very interesting to see uh, team selection again for this game for Lampard. But yeah, I've just gone Chelsea here. I think Burnley, I think when they've been in the Premier League for so long, I think you need to add quality, don't you, each year. You need to keep boosting your squad because if you're way of playing breaks down, you know, you work hard. If that starts not working, you haven't really got anything to fall back on. And I think that's the mm. problem for this season. I just don't think they've got many options to to change it when they need to. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea narrow 2-1. Yeah, Burnley, they've probably lost more quality than they've added over the years, haven't yeah. they? Obviously, Sean Dyche has been vocal on that point. Um, rounding off Saturday's action is Liverpool versus West Ham. Liverpool have had, have had their trouble so far this season in terms of injuries. Obviously, Fabinho injury in midweek is further limited their options at centre-back, uh, which means Reese Williams might be needed if Joel Matip uh, doesn't recover in time. So they're you know down to their fifth-choice centre-back, potentially, for this match. But at the same time, they're still joint top of the table. Um, they won in midweek. They've won all three games since Virgil van Dijk's injury. Um, a 7-2 against Aston Villa obviously always stands out and will do, which means they've got the joint worst defensive record in the league, bizarrely, despite sitting uh, joint top of the table. Um, but their home record, you, you can't really look past that, can you? It's, incredible I think it's now 62 unbeaten at Anfield in the Premier League which is incredible and one more uh, equals their club record and they're not you know they're closing in on Chelsea's I think it's 85 match record or something is obviously a long way to go for that but Liverpool just Anfield's a fortress at the moment for them having said that West Ham they come into the match 12th in the table but it feels better than that doesn't it they feel like they're in better form than that after playing really well against Man City particularly in the first half of that game getting a point against Man City coming from 3-0 down against Tottenham before that beat Leicester 3-0 at Leicester before that they've beaten Wolves 4-0 they've had some great results this season against some big teams who they wouldn't be expected to beat so Liverpool really do need to be wary of West Ham this, uh, uh, this weekend I think They've got the tools. If you picture maybe Mikel Antonio running at Reese Williams, it won't fill Liverpool fans with optimism, really, that they they can keep a clean sheet. Obviously, Alisson being back is huge for them in terms of keeping those clean sheets and making up for the loss of Van Dijk at the back. Um, but I, I can see this being a tricky game for Liverpool. It's very hard to back against them at Anfield at the moment, but I certainly don't see it being an easy win for them. So I've gone for 2-1 to Liverpool in this one. Yeah, I've got I've gone two two nil Liverpool in the end. I think obviously there's some reports uh, late last night and this morning. Antonio could potentially be out for six mm. weeks of a hamstring, so yeah, he might not be fit for this game. Obviously, no confirmation yet from West Ham, but but yeah, if he's out of this game, that's that's problems for West Ham because he's so important for the way they play, isn't he? You're talking mm. about. I think the fact that it said a lot when he came off against Man City, they bought on Yarmolenko up front rather than Heller because obviously David Moyes David Moyes wants. You know, mobility doesn't need the final third. I think that's why they were so keen to sign Josh King in the summer because mm. the way they play, they need that pace up front, that running ability, which obviously Heller doesn't give them. So it'd be very interesting for that. You know, does he go Bowen through the middle, Yarmolenko, if, if Antonio doesn't play, which it doesn't look like he's going to? Um, that'd obviously be huge for West Ham. Um, yeah, two good results. Last two City draw, Tottenham draw, obviously beating Leicester. But it's hard to go to Liverpool. I know obviously Liverpool got their problems, their defensive issues, but it's just really hard to back 
you know, in what scenario are we really going to back an away team to go to Anfield and pick up something? You know, mm. listen, they play, we've played a few of the big teams coming up at home and I'm sure, you know, there'll be a really big argument for Liverpool maybe getting beat or certainly taking points taken off them. But I'm just struggling to see West Ham in this game away from home. I think Liverpool got too much going forward. Um, yeah, and I think they'll win 2-0, 2-0 Liverpool. 2-0 for Matt in that match. Okay, moving on to Sundays, you've got Aston Villa versus Southampton uh, kicking things off. Aston Villa obviously had a great start to the season, but then were beaten 3-0 at home to Leeds last time out. Southampton, they'll also be really happy with the season. This is a really interesting uh, match. They beat Everton, who would, uh, were obviously one of the uh, unbeaten teams before their 2-0 defeat to Southampton. So Everton and Aston Villa both sort of in the same category of having really good starts to the season, which Southampton are now looking to end. How do you see this one going? Yeah, it's an interesting one for me. I, I really, really do like Southampton. I think Hassan who's a really, really good manager. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic coach. And I think they'll do well to keep him, you know, in the years ahead, you know, with respect to Southampton. Similar situation with Pochettino when he was there. Mm. He always felt that he might move on to, you know, a, a bigger club. Um, and I do get that feeling with him as well. I think he's, the way he sets up his team, the way they work for him, the way they press the ball is very, very good. Obviously, the Tottenham game stands out the way they got taken apart in that game. But since then, won three of their last four, obviously including a point at Chelsea, um, which which was excellent. Yeah, Villa as well, obviously added loads of quality over the summer and a lot better team. And I don't think they're going to be any any sort of, you know, relegation battle this season. They'll be looking, you know, could they finish just below mid-table somewhere like that? You know, if they could push up to, you know, 12th, 13th, obviously Villa fans will be wanting more than that, but it's a long, long season. And, and obviously, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be hard to, you know, finishing the top half of the table. If they did, you know, that would be a fantastic season. So, uh, slightly sat on the fence here, to be honest. It's a tight game. Uh, I've gone 1-1. One, one. Well, no, yeah, this was a difficult one to call, wasn't it? Because what well, you mentioned, Villa would have gone into the season hoping to avoid relegation. And we generally regard 40 points. It's usually probably more like 38 points. And they're almost a third of the way there already. Aston Villa, 12 points from five games. Incredible start to the season. Mm -hmm. um, still got the best defensive record in the league as well, even after shipping three goals at Leeds last time out. So, yeah, they're, they're a team who sort of have personified the strange start to the season. They've beaten Liverpool 7-2, but then lose at home to a newly promoted side, Leeds, 3-0. Uh, so, it's difficult to really know what to expect from them. Whether that Leeds result has just burst their bubble a bit and they sort of drop their standards from the opening start to the season. But as you say, I think they've done great business and they've, they've actually got a really good team now. So, they've got the quality. It's not like a, a bad team has gone on a good run and then suddenly might nosedive. I think they're a good team now. Um, but like you, I'm a big fan of Southampton. I think they've got a really good team. And you seem to mention Danny Ings every week when he's getting the goals. He got two assists against Everton last time out as well to prove he's not just a goal scorer. When he's in that sort of form, you can always back Southampton to get at least a goal. Um, and I'm actually backing them to win this one 1-0. I think I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way, to be honest. But I think I've just got a feeling for Southampton to scrape this one 1-0 because defensively, they're looking quite solid. They've kept three clean sheets in their last uh, four games. Um, and Aston Villa, yeah, I just don't know whether they might drop off a little bit. And it's a, it's a difficult match against Southampton. I, I back them to pick up points against lesser teams, but with Southampton in this sort of form, having just beaten Everton, who are flying so high, um, I'm back in Southampton to pick up a 1-0 win here. Um, also on Sunday, we've just mentioned Everton there. They travel to Newcastle. Everton, despite um, last time out, they, uh, what did they do? They uh, lost to Southampton, yeah, we just mentioned. Um, they still sit joint top of the table with Liverpool, so... They would have taken that every day of the week at the start of the season, wouldn't they? So they'll still be very happy. Newcastle um, picked up a point at Wolves, which is a good result for them. But 
we mentioned um, last week that they're probably hanging somewhere in that probably too good for a relegation battle, but maybe not good enough for a top half finish. So they, you know, this is a match Everton will expect to get back to winning ways. How do you see it going? Yes, I've got a draw here again, to be honest. I think obviously Everton are going to be missing missing some key players. You know, Lucas Dean suspended, Richarlison suspended, Hamels Rodriguez. Mm little bit of a doubt around him. Obviously, there's a few other players going in with little knocks and, and things like that. The injury list is pretty big at the minute, Everton. Which, and I th- you feel like if Everton are to do, you know, perform, um, sort of claim a really high finish, you do feel like they need to keep their players fit, you know, because their first eleven is very, very good. But I think the quality yeah. after that drops. You know, talking about Alex Wobi, you know, not picking players out, but players like that, you know, Bernard, they're not, you know, anywhere near the level of the players that come out of the team. So that's still going to be a little bit of a problem this season. Newcastle, strange team really, aren't they? You know, obviously they got, you know, well, well beat by United um, in their last home game, but then picked up, you know, a good point of Wolves, obviously late on. Um, obviously they've held Tottenham this season. They've, they've you know, 2-2-2 two, two, two is their record this season, which I think you'd have to say is pretty good. You know, they're level on points with City. Obviously City have got a game in hand, but I mean, it's, it, they are a strange team, South um, Newcastle, you know, because they've got, like I said they've got so many good players, but it's you, you do the pattern of their play is, is strange sometimes. You never you know mm. really know how they're gonna play away from home, how they're gonna play at home, you know, do they drop off, do they push sharp? It's, they're a strange team to watch, you never really know what you're gonna get. But um yeah, I just think at home, obviously Everton, the players they might have missed in and the fact that, you know, coming in at the back of that Southampton defeat, you know, I think I don't think a point would be the worst result in the world for Everton, to be honest, because I do think Newcastle will take a lot of points off teams this season. Um yes, one one here. One one, yeah. I think Newcastle—they're just another one of these unpredictable teams this season, aren't they? We mentioned <laughs> earlier the amount of really good results West Ham have got, where Newcastle have got an identical record in terms of wins, draws, and defeats so far this season. So perhaps they're not getting the credit they deserve. But as you say, that it, it's difficult to know what to expect of them each week. I've actually gone for an Everton win in this one. I can see them getting back to winning ways two one um, in this match. Um, you mentioned they might be missing a few players, but I think they've still got. I think Calvert Lewin has shown was a bit sceptical as to whether he was just in a purple patch or whether you know he's like a really good player now and will be a golden boot contender. I think he's shown signs that he could score a lot of goals and it wasn't just like a really good start to the season. I think he'll score quite a few goals over the course of the season. Even, I mean, just looking at the leap he's got on him, if he does that a couple of times a game, he'll get headed chances and he's a good header of the ball. So he'll get a few goals from that route alone, I think. So I can see him getting on the score sheet. Um, I can see Everton winning 2-1 in that one. Um, the standout fixture of the game week comes on Sunday afternoon, Manchester United versus Arsenal. Obviously, we always think of it as the defining um, rivalry of the Premier League era, really. Manchester United coming into it off the back of that incredible 5-0 win over RB Leipzig in midweek, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, Arsenal also winners in midweek, but obviously slightly less spectacularly against Dundalk. So um, talk to me about Manchester United. You must be delighted with that midweek win. How do you see this one going? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I think the thing that stood out for me the other night, I was watching the game and, you know, early this season, you was worrying about the lack of options. But, you know, you're looking at, you look at the bench the other night. The bench at Chelsea was as strong as I've ever seen it, you know. And you're looking at options in the final third at the moment. Obviously, Martial suspended again. But when do they have everyone back? Suddenly, you've got a situation where you've got Rashford, Martial, Cavani, Greenwood can all play up there. Um, and there's a lot of Van der Beek in the 10, you know, Fernandez in the 10. Midfield, you've got, you can change two. Pogba, Matic, Fred, McTominay, the, You've got loads and loads of options now, and I think the squad is looking pretty good. You know, obviously there's still loads and loads of work to do there. They're nowhere near where that where they want to be, but the five 0 win over Leipzig, you know, some of the defending from Leipzig was, you know, a little mm. bit scary to be honest. I'm not entirely sure what they were doing late on, but 
that's the, the nature of the beast at the moment, I think. But yeah, the, the, the draw with Chelsea was a little bit disappointing. It wasn't a great game, but yeah, it's been a good few weeks for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Obviously, the pressure was heaped on him after the Tottenham game ahead of a really tough run of games. If it picked up three really good results during that run. Big game this weekend. Obviously, like I say Martial suspended. You know, Tellez will be out. Uh, obviously, having coronavirus. Um, apart from that, I mean, the squad is looking, you know, strong at the moment. Obviously, got some some little injuries here, there, here, there, and everywhere. But you know, at the back team selection, you know, will he stick with Maguire and Lindelof? Obviously, Tunzebe played excellently against PSG, but you do feel like he will stick with Maguire and Lindelof. He does seem to, you know, he does give, you know, he seems to got confident, has confidence in them. You know, I'm not entirely sure if it's or it's misplaced, but they have played pretty well in the last the last few weeks. So it's very interesting. Now, Arsenal, on the other hand, for Arteta, I think the Dundalk game was the ideal situation. You know, you make a lot of changes and you win the game comfortably. Mm. So it's not like they're playing Thursday, Sunday, and they had to play all their big players on Thursday because obviously they made loads of changes. But Arsenal lost their last two Premier League games. So a, a good start from Arsenal could suddenly become a poor one if they if they get beat here. Um, yeah, I've got... A, I, I, I feel like I keep backing United at the moment, but I do fancy United here. The other times I've backed them, I do feel like I live a little bit more in hope than expectation. But I do think they'll go into this game, like I say, full of confidence. Um, loads of team selection issues for Solskjaer, good ones, not like they've got loads of players missing. So, uh, yeah, I've gone, I've gone United here 2-1. Yeah, I'll surprise you by saying I've gone exactly the same. I'm back in oh United this word. week. Yeah, 2-1, I think. It's just, they're... they're quite bizarre team another one I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot of the teams in this incredible season have been in bizarre form but you, you mentioned you lose 6-1 at home to Tottenham and then since then what they've scored 11 goals conceded 2 they've beaten Newcastle PSG RB Leipzig they've got a point against Chelsea um, it's difficult to know what to expect but that run of form in itself is incredible so and there's three big games in a row there this is a fourth obviously they fare as well in this one as they have in the past three then there's only one result really Arsenal you mentioned yeah we've been saying Arteta's got them on the right path they've made a decent start to the season but yeah they've lost three of the last four Premier League games and the only exception was a narrow home win against Sheffield United as we mentioned earlier have been pretty poor so far this season so United, you look at that run of form, but then you look at the table, and they're 15th in the table with seven points from five games, so it's difficult to know what to expect. Certainly need more points on the board in the Premier League, um, first and foremost. Those Champions League results, obviously, standout ones are memorable ones, but they need to start winning Premier League games with more regularity. Um, and like you, I can see them doing that here. It's a, it's a big game, obviously. It always is Manchester United versus Arsenal. But I can see Man United coming out on top 2-1, same as you here. Um, also, on Sunday, rounding off the players, Tottenham versus Brighton. Uh, if I remember correctly, this, last season, this was one of the ones which really hurt Pochettino's um, the, towards the end of his reign. Brighton did really well against them and won 3 nil, I think it was. Um, so the, there'll be an air of revenge in the, in the air maybe for uh, Tottenham in this match. They lost, surprisingly, in midweek against Antwerp. Um, but Brighton, obviously, we've, we've mentioned they've been playing well, but they haven't been picking up the points. Um, they're 16th in the table, five points from their opening, 16 game, uh, opening six games, which doesn't really do justice to their performances. One all against West Brom last time out, which was a disappointing result at home to a team you'd expect to be battling towards the bottom. Mm -hmm. So this is a difficult game for uh, Brighton, for sure. Tottenham in really good form, other than the Thursday result, obviously. Son and Harry Kane did it again against Burnley. They didn't play too well against Burnley, but that link-up did it again. Um, 
it's difficult to see past the Tottenham win in this one for me. Obviously, that midweek result will have halted their momentum a little bit, but still, with, with them in such good form, they're fifth in the table now, only lost once all season. Brighton really struggling to pick up results, even with decent performances. I've gone for a Tottenham 3-1 win here. Yeah, I've got. I've also gone Tottenham. I've gone two nil. Um, yeah, I think the, the Wantwerk game. Mourinho obviously came after and said he'd have made eleven changes at half time if he could have done. Obviously mm. made four and Deli Ali wasn't very good. And Gareth, I've said this a few weeks now. You know, Gareth Bale's obviously such a fantastic player, but the fact the the um, sort of notion that he's going to be the, the savior and the, the player that's going to really fire them to the Premier League title, I think, was a little bit you know far fetched because he hasn't. Last season at Real Madrid, he didn't play a lot, but he has had his problems recently. And I do think he's a different player to the one that obviously they had and the one that you know won Champions League. So Real Madrid, he has slowed mm-hmm. down a little bit. And listen, he'll probably score a hat trick in this game, and, and I'll, I'll be entirely wrong. But I do still get that feeling. You know, obviously Kane and Son, two of the best players in the Premier League. You know, two of the best players in Europe for me. Obviously, if they keep them fit, they're always going to have a chance of winning games. But yeah, I still think apart from that, defensively, I don't think they're fantastic. Tottenham, obviously midfield. They're pretty good, solid. They're not not outstanding, I would say. Obviously, Undembele's played a lot better this season. But, yeah, Brighton, uh, interesting press conference from Graham Potter. You know, he was saying that, you know, maybe Brighton are being unfairly judged this season. You know, people are thinking they should be doing better when they're such still an, really inexperienced Premier League mm-hmm. side, you know, in terms of the teams that they're coming up against. And I think I can see kind of see what he's saying. I mean, we're thinking, you think they've been around, you know, I do as well, you think they've been around for a few years now and it, they are still pretty new at this level. They're still, mm. the fact that they are consolidating and not dropping out of the league is obviously big for them. But yeah, they'll be keen to get points on the board. But like you, I don't think it's going to come here. So uh, yeah, 2-0 Tottenham. Yeah, I think with Brighton, it's more the, the way they're playing is really good. They're just not picking mm. up the points. I think, you know, the expectations are sort of set by their the standards. They're setting themselves on the pitch and they deserve more than they've got. But yeah, we're both going for Tottenham wins in that one. Um, Monday evening's double header kicks off with a huge game at the bottom. West Brom versus Fulham. Sorry, Fulham versus West Brom at uh, Craven Cottage. Fulham, bottom of the table, one point from six games so far. West Brom, also one of the four winless teams left in the division. They've got three points courtesy of three draws, including one at Brighton last time out. Fulham lost at home to Crystal Palace. Another defeat for them. Uh, one of five from their six games this season. How do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, I've plucked for a nil-nil here. I don't know if I've gone nil-nil yet uh, this season. I think I might have done once, but yeah, it's hard to pick a nil-nil. Um, but I'm going to go for it here just because, like you say, West Brom draw specialist in recent weeks. Fulham, I just, you know, you do you do worry, really worry for Fulham. It's so early in the season, but against Palace, I think they'd have seen that game as, you know, a decent chance. I mean, Palace had loads of players out. You know, it was a real mismatch team. You know, a lot of quality still from Palace, but, you know, the, the midfield was a bit, misshaped you know obviously Klein came in at, at right back as not play obviously only just rejoined them and he did felt like that was a good chance to beat Palace because they had some some big players out but you know got beat and West Brom I think you know I think West Brom will draw a lot of games this season obviously they've drawn recently I do think they'll they'll be one of those sides that struggle to win but they, I don't think they'll you know you think you'd look at teams gone past and you know they lose 21 or 23 times in the Premier League in one season I don't feel like it's going to be like that I feel like they're going to draw a lot that's a struggle to win. Um, and yeah, I don't think this is going to be a classic, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I've gone nil-nil. See, I've also gone for a draw just because it's too hard to back either of these teams to win, really. But I can I can see goals. I don't have enough faith in their either defence, really, to keep them out. And I think um, both strike forces have got goals in them. Um, yeah. I've gone for two all in this one because, yeah, as I say, it's too, it's too hard to back them. I think for Fulham, you go into this match and even before the season began, and especially now, 
you'd be viewing this one as probably your best chance all season for three points. I think this is, it sounds stupid to say we're six games into the season, but this is verging on must win for them, sort of, because if they win this game, then that'll give them confidence to go on and maybe do better in other games. Whereas if they lose this game, then you're thinking, you know, that's potentially as easy as it will get in the Premier League this season, certainly on paper. Um, no disrespect to West Brom, obviously, but they're one of the fellow newly promoted sides um, who have also struggled towards the start of the season. So I think this is a big game psychologically for Fulham um, to get at least something on the board. Um, you know, their only point so far has come away from home. They haven't got anything so far at home. And we know home form is so important for um, newly promoted sides to stay in the division. Even without fans, you'd, you'd expect home form to be important. Um, for the new, the newly promoted side. So I think this is a really important one for them. I can see them getting a point on the board, but I just think the defences, and when you've got people like Mitrovic and you've got Pereira at the other end, um, you know, you've, you've got people like that on the field who have got goals in them. Um, I can see goals in this game, but no winner. I've gone for two all in this one. Um, also on Monday night is Leeds versus Leicester. Um, another match between two teams who have had pretty decent starts of the season. They'll be happy with them, but the odd... Uh, poor result thrown in there as well. Leeds, obviously, last time out beat Aston Villa, which was an incredible result against a team with a 100% record beforehand. Patrick Bamford, a really top-class hat-trick. That was really good. Um, Leicester had two really bad results against West Ham and Aston Villa, but have bounced back since with three wins in a row across all competitions, including that win um, at Arsenal, which was really good for them. I think it was their first win at Arsenal since 1973 or something like that. So a huge victory for them. And it's fourth versus sixth. So I was saying they've had some dodgy results this season. They certainly both probably would have taken that at the start of the campaign. I think sitting fourth and sixth um, at this spell of the season. Another interesting game. I said, to be honest, it's another one I've gone for two all in. I can see goals. I can see a draw. Um, an entertaining Monday doubleheader. I've gone for two all in both games. I think Leeds certainly have goals in them. I think Leicester certainly have goals in them as well. Um, and I can't really separate them. I, I can see it being an entertaining game between two teams who like attacking football. Um, yeah, and I can't separate them two all I've gone for in this one. Yeah, I've also gone 2-2. Two, two, uh, two, two, oh, yeah. I, was, I don't know if you were going to go to on this one as well. It's quite a strange one to go the same on. But um, yeah. I think the Wolves-Leeds um, Wolves game, we picked that one out to be really entertaining. That was quite disappointing, wasn't it? So I hope mm. it doesn't follow that suit, you know, two attacking teams. I think, obviously, the, the Arsenal game was huge for Leicester. I think if Brendan Rodgers would have written a script before the game of how he wanted it to go, um, you know, tight until the second half, bring Vardy on, Vardy scores. And, you know, that was it was just perfect for for what he wanted to happen in that game mm. was to get Vardy back fit. He's so important, Madison back fit now. Kenda Zunda came off the bench and, you know, popped up a really, really good assist in that game. So that'll do mm -hmm. his confidence no harm at all. And yeah, and then Leeds have watched quite a bit of Leeds this season. You know, they're very, very enjoyable to watch that, that Bamford hat trick. I think there's been a lot of talk, not just this season, even last season in the Championship. You know, a lot of people saying, is he good enough to lead the line for Leeds in the Championship? You know, is he good enough to play in the Premier League? He's been, been around a long time now, Bamford. You know, he's been at a lot of clubs. Obviously, was really, really highly rated, wasn't he, as a youngster at Chelsea and then obviously moved elsewhere. And there's, you know, he's not really been known as an outstanding goal scorer, but I think his game this season is just so good. You know, the way he runs the lines, mm -hmm. he's, he's passing ability is really good. It reminds me of Harry, you're not putting anywhere near Harry Kane in terms of, you know, quality, but he very much reminds me of, you know, the way Harry Kane's obviously one of the best passes in the Premier League for me. You look at his ability to find find passes and I think Bamford, you know, has been excellent this season. Um, yeah, entertaining game this one. A lot of, lot of players with quality at two teams that will, you know, get the ball down and play. Um, and yeah, so so hoping for a good one because same as you too, too. 
both gone for two all in that one. Let's hope that comes to fruition. Okay, thanks, Matt. Um, that rounds up this podcast. You can find previews for all of those games as well as news features. Um, looking forward to all the Premier League games and many more across Europe and in the Championship. Myself and Matt will be back again next week for our next round of predictions. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast over all the usual channels and you can also subscribe to us on YouTube to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm watching and we'll be back soon.